We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. How's everyone doing? Kyle, how are you doing? Man, I'm fantastic. I got a bunch of stuff done today, but I was productive and finished being productive by like 3 o'clock. I baked oh, the Chris Leche's cake. That's the I'm, best. I'm tiled in midweek, coach. Come on. I love it. I love it. Um, we are recording this Thursday night after the Denver Nuggets take a 2-0 lead against the Lakers. Kind of weird watching playoff games with the Warriors out of it, but also oddly satisfying, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm very petty, and so I would let me let me take that back. Had the Lakers beat the Warriors or or any other team in the NBA to face the Nuggets in the conference finals, I'd be rooting super hard for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a little bit more satisfying seeing the team to beat the Warriors go down because we've not experienced that yet. I mean, not yes. not since Steve Kerr arrived. I, I definitely was the same sensation in in 2013 with the Spurs and then 2014 with with uh with the clippers but we've got to deal with western conference series that didn't involve the the warriors for a long time yeah there's two ways to look at it on the one hand uh it's fun watching the team that just beat the warriors kind of get into trouble and denver clearly looks every bit the one seed and the best team in the west on the other hand as we're discussing off-season stuff and what the warriors need to do to get back to championship level uh, it just it just kind of ties in that there's there's more work to do because uh, the team that beat you is not necessarily a juggernaut. Um, the team that beat you might end up losing to the next team, which means there's just more teams to jump and there's more work to do. Yeah, no doubt. And there's there's going to be some. I think there's going to be a lot of teams next year in the West that are that are going to be better than they were this year. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get a full season of KD with the Suns and and all that, but. When I'm watching the Nuggets right now, there's part of me that's a little relieved that it's not the Warriors in this series. Yeah. Because the Nuggets just have dudes, man. They have so many guys. And I could see through the first two games that this is if this was Golden State, where they'd lost the first two. And it's one of those things like, yeah, hey, they're plus 18 through two games with Steph on the court. And with Steph off the court, they're minus 40. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know how, how Golden State would have handled the the level of depth that Denver can throw out there. 
No, absolutely. I mean, it, it does feel like it, it's potentially Denver's year. Um, part of me is just a basketball fan. I'm enjoying Jokic finally getting the, uh, the attention, the praise he kind of, yeah. I know he's a two-time MVP, but like, come on, man. It, don't act like you don't hear people going like, Oh, he can't do it in the playoffs. He can't do this. You know what? Up to this date, I don't really see anything that suggests he's, you know, it's funny. All the things people say about Jokic actually imply to Embiid is the thing Yo. I take over. Is, oh, he can't guard in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. how's he going to score when teams do this? It's like, oh, wrong, wrong guy you're applying it to. But um, anyway. Didn't have, didn't have a great game tonight and still had 23, 17, and 12 with three steals. My favorite part is they basically run the Warriors offense, but instead of Draymond doing all the dribble handoff stuff, it's, you know, one of the best scorers in the NBA and best passers, like just an right. all around offensive threat. Um, that fourth quarter and they run those dribble handoffs and like Jamal Murray. And, and there's one that Michael Porter jr. Had where I'm like, that's clay Thompson. That's, yes. that's a play that the warriors have run with clay coming off the weak side and catching it off top of the key shooting quick release. Just, you know, I've seen it over and over again. Did not see it this year, but I've seen it for a decade. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure I say this off the top because I, I, I want to make it abundantly clear. Michael Porter is not clay. And I know that's not what you're saying. I just, I, I want to build off what you're saying with it clear that I'm not saying that Michael Porter yeah. jr. Is clay Thompson. Okay. Yeah, there are yeah, he's, so he's, many, there are, there are so many times when, when Michael Porter jr. Is playing and you see that exact thing you're talking about. It's like, Oh, that's a clay play where yeah. it's the like fall away baseline corner three. That's, just audacious, but it goes in. But then when he catches and pumps and like gets inside, it's not a he's not totally clear yeah, what he should exactly. be doing. <laughs> it's like uh, if the if the midi's there, great. If not, it's just gonna stand there and hold the ball until somebody demands it and then get rid of it and get back out to the corner. It's very clay like in, in in how he's in how he's used for sure. Yeah, I, there's some comments in the chat saying MPJ is much better than Clay now. Uh, MPJ's. MPJ has better shot selection than Clay. I don't know if I'd go there. I think it's a little reactionary to what was the worst series I've seen Clay play. Got to keep in mind that dude did lead the NBA in threes no in the doubt. regular season. I I do I do agree with the the idea that Clay thinks he's still the 28 year old version of himself, which yeah. Steve Kerr said. And there's a little getting yourself into trouble, and he's got to kind of make amends with that. But a little early to go there. But with that said, like MPJ is the guy in the NBA who I think has the closest, just kind of like the pureness of like the quick release off mm-hmm. the move that resembles Clay of anyone mm-hmm. else in the league. Like there, it it just looks like a taller Clay uh, when he's really in that groove, running off a of screen, shooting. So I get it. I would take prime Michael Porter Jr. over 33-year-old coming off two injuries, Clay, too. Sure. Like, I'm not, like, that's not, but I'm not saying Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a Hall of Famer either. Yeah, and exactly. He's going to go down as one of the greatest shooters of all time. That, that's not, he's, but at also, this point, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely take MPJ over Clay. Also, a decade of being, a t- you know, one of the greatest shooters and guarding the other team's best right. players. So right. there, there's a lot to go there. But anyway, I think we need to get to the main topic that's in Warriors land right now. Uh, we're bearing the lead, and obviously we're recording this after that game, and that was a fun game. Bob Myers. According to 
the athletic and shams and this isn't a new release it's just kind of all year it's been said you know it's on uncertain future shams is reporting that increasingly it is approaching that he won't be back contract extensions are far apart mm-hmm. um you know it, it kind of aligns with some of the reporting we've had all year which Tell me if I'm wrong on this one. I feel like the fact that Bob doesn't talk makes it so much harder to tell if I should take these reports super seriously or if it's just a um, a leverage play for a contract. You know what I'm saying? Because like, if it was uh, if it was Draymond, part mm-hmm. of me would think you know because he's like bombastic and we kind of he's kind of tipped his hand yeah. he wants to come back but he wants a certain price i would mm-hmm. buy that but because it's bob myers you know tears at the podium the two times a year he goes to the podium it's hard to tell if it's a leverage player it's real it, it feels like it's real he i think it is and he talks every other week on 95.7 right and and he gets asked this question every time. Every I've time. I've listened to every one of them. Right. And every time he, you know, we're not going to talk about that right now. Da, da, da. I don't think this is a leverage thing. I just, He's been at this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this has not been an easy team to deal with from, from like an organizational standpoint. And as the head of the right. front office, there's been all these cap maneuvers they've had to do. There's a lot of turnover every year uh, with, with the bench. You've had stuff with Draymond multiple times, and I you've had multiple clay injuries. You've had the Wiseman stuff not work out. It's just I could see after a decade of so much tumult, you've won four titles. You probably going to go to the Hall of Fame as a general manager. I could see where a guy would be like, you know what? I just want a damn break. You're looking at you're looking at this team moving forward and going, okay, hey, there's some some sort of not rebuild all the way, but like some sort of kind of dramatic retooling that's going to need to happen. And I could see why Bob Myers at this point would be like, I don't want to be part of that. I don't, I want to bounce or I want to go to a different team or I want to take a year off. I don't want to commit to five years in, in golden state. I can, definitely. I guess definitely. Um, the, the part I want to read here from Shams's article on the athletic both sides exchanged offers and counteroffers several months ago, and there has been no traction on a new deal, league mm-hmm. sources say. The Warriors have not presented an offer that has blown Myers away. But there's also a growing sense that even in a competitive market offer near the top of the executive food chain may not be enough to keep Myers with the franchise. Um, and it, again, not the first time we've read this article or a variation of this article from Shams, from Woj. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Fisher dropped something on Yahoo that was similar as well. Mark Stein has said the same thing. I mean, I'm just going down the list of national newsbreakers at this point. It's been a very consistent theme, which is, yeah, he's got a, he's got offers. It's unclear if they excite him, but also it's unclear if it's even about the money at this point for him. Right. Uh, which gets to your point. I mean, he does come across burnt out. I did. I don't know. Dude, every time, every, see, every every time, time he gets to, yeah. Every time he gets to the podium, he's like, yeah. Like he just looks. He just he looks. I don't want to say done. 
he looks tired every time he speaks and every time you see him publicly, it looks exhausted. And the one thing I'll say about Bob Myers is, you know how like usually GMs and this applies across all sports, uh, they tend to have like the ultimate grinder mentality. Like mm-hmm. Jerry West comes to mind. Um, you can pull up any number of NFL GMs and NBA GMs where you feel like they don't have a purpose in life if they're not, you know, in the trenches trying right. to win a championship. Right. I don't get that vibe from Bob. I, I get the vibe from him that like he loves basketball, he loves doing this, but like a lot of the BS that goes with being an executive dealing with an owner who, you know, if they don't go 82 and 0 is upset. Um, dealing with right. a head coach who's super stubborn and wants everything his way, dealing with a bunch of highly accomplished players who all have their own egos. Like, and to be clear, that's like what Bob is best at. Like, right. No other team has been able to keep everyone together for as long as the Warriors have, at least from a key position standpoint, I could understand the mentality of like, dude, I'm just, I'm just tired of doing this. I also kind of wonder, and you might be able to speak to this because I didn't, I never saw reporting on this or, mm-hmm. and I, and I don't know, but I also kind of wonder how much power Bob has to run the front office at this point. Yeah. And how many, how much say he had in the draft picks of Wiseman and Moody and Kaminga. And like at the trade deadline, for example, Shams was reporting that the Warriors were the front runners for OG Ananobi. And is that something where Bob is sitting there going, hey, Kaminga and Moody and Poole are on the table. Let's go. Let's pull the trigger and get this done. And Lakeo's saying no. That's something, again, I'm speculating here. I don't know. But that's something that's always kind of jumped out to me is maybe maybe his role is just different now. And yeah. that's not something that he wants to have either. What we know for... I don't want to say a fact, but what we know like pretty conclusively is uh, the Lakers are very involved in the mm-hmm. front office. And I don't actually think that's atypical, particularly among new sure. owners in the NBA. Um, you know, as much as you hate that, like you can't necessarily argue with the results the Warriors have had on some no level, doubt. Yeah, you know, and, and we can say like, well, yeah, it's a lot easier when you have Steph Curry, which is true. Mm-hmm. You know, Vivek was super involved with Sacramento. Uh, but he had DeMarcus Cousins, who's not Steph Curry, and that whole thing blew up in his face. But even like, look at Phoenix with Matishbia taking over, and you're hearing he's, you know, firing coaches and making decisions. And like, you know, maybe the coach was right or was mm-hmm. wrong, but like, it doesn't speak to an environment where his GM is making top down decisions. So right. we do know Bob is dealing with uh, a team where he has like kind of a collaborative landscape. Just, just like it is what it is. Like I, there are yeah. GMs who are more powerful in the NBA than him. Daryl Morey has more control over personnel, less right. like I need to get sign offs on every decision more. Right. I, you know, I trust you. You can do it. Same with Pat Riley in Miami. Those are the first two that pop to mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of it. Where he's like, I've won four. We, we've won four titles with me as the GM. Pat Riley has three titles as the heat lead executive. Yeah. Daryl yeah. Moore has zero titles. Shout out, shout out my guy, baseball, Billy bean, uh, or <laughs> basketball, Billy bean. Um, you know, 
same same concept but it's like uh those guys have more personnel control like is that is that what's behind it with bob and so again we don't know exactly what's happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes and what the holdup is again maybe myers just doesn't want to be here or whatever but i just the the one thing i have a hard time coming back to and and landing on and and is money i Bob Myers does not strike me as the kind of guy who's going to the Warriors and saying, yeah, I love doing this. I love you guys. I love these people. But, man, you know what? I need $15 million a year. I don't know. Pick, pick a number. Sure. And the the Warriors saying, you know, balking at that. And that's what this is all about. I can't, I can't get there. I do, Myers has just never struck me as that kind of dude. I also... As much as Joe Lacob loves to tell everyone, like, I don't want to pay the tax. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as two people who willingly cheer for the Oakland A's, we know what cheap actually looks like. And right. <laughs> I can't actually say that the um, the Lacob Warriors have. I just haven't seen Joe lose guys based purely on money. You know, Um I could see, People but move. I could see it if if Lacob thinks that that he and Kirk can do the same job as Bob. Sure, I could see them just punting on that or saying, "Hey, we'll give you three million a year or whatever." Again, pick a number. Take sure, it but, it. but the reporting suggests that they've made a a reason, a, like a, a substantial offer that, sure. and Joe said it multiple times. Uh, you know, top three paid GM. And and you mm-hmm. can say what you want. Like people have different impressions of what is a reasonable offer and what isn't. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm, I think, I think I'm with you. I don't think money is the driver here. If, yeah. or let me put it this way. If there's a number he wants to get to, I kind of feel like the Warriors will get there. Okay. It yeah. seems, it seems to me like it's, it's something else. And uh, again, Bob's not a leaky guy. Like Right. Anything that comes out from Bob is he wants it out there, you right. know? Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of a, it's interesting because he's been, um, we're left here to speculate. Like there's, there's no other way to put it. So yeah. Get him on the pod. I'm, yeah. Let's get, let's get Bob. You're <laughs> coming on the pod. Shirt. That's great transition, by the way, <laughs> for everyone. Only a few more days to order the light years. Slash free bread collaboration shirt. Let's so pull it up here. Yes. Yes. There we go. You friend of the oh show. Going to need to get one of these guys. Uh, we're taking orders through the weekend. So you got a couple more days to take them through links and all the bios. You can always contact me if you have an issue with the link, but, but yes, order the shirt. It's so tight. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so um, different than anything else in my wardrobe. I can't wait to wear it. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited for you to post a picture in it and then be like, yeah, it's really out there for Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> this is different, but I like it. I like the change for him. This is good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, uh, with with Myers, though, that's the part that, well, okay. One of the things that I go back to, and I, I don't know if you want to wait to get to this point, but when the Warriors finished their season, it was all about, you know, running it back and, okay, Draymond's going to be back and and they're going to just, you know, it's going to be those that core three again and they're going to rebuild and figure out what pieces they need and all that. But if Myers leaves, I kind of wonder what happens with Draymond. Because it seems like Bob's the only person in the building that has Draymond's ear. And I don't know what happens if he goes. We don't know what that looks like. That's one of the things that worries me. So I guess that brings a question that... So I have a few questions here. Let's go through the thought exercise that he's actually going to leave. How much does it matter for the Warriors? We know they have a collaborative front office. Uh, We know who, like most people are speculating, Mike Dunleavy will take over. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's not Mike Dunleavy, it's someone else in the order. They're not going to go out there and hire uh, Pat Riley. Is basically the the smart money is they'll go internal for the next hire. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're talking about kind of like the same brain trust, but you're, you know, you're losing the head of the, the brain, the head of the snake, but you're bringing up someone else. How much does it really matter? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not that much. But again, it's vibes, right? It's the culture. It's the, it's the, they're, they're a serious vibes team between yeah. Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, more vibes than analytics for sure. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. But when Draymond, what what game was what game was it where he got all pissed off on the bench and then Myers came down and talked to him? Was that that Timberwolves game that they lost at home? It was either that one or the Wizards game. But I do think you're right. Um, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever game it was, it doesn't matter. And Myers literally came down and like talked Draymond off the ledge. That's that's where I think it does matter. 
because Pelicans. I can't Pelicans. Thank you. The game before they lost oh, to they, the Wolves. Yes. <laughs> right. And then they beat the Pels at home. That's right. Yeah. And they went down like 18 in that game, I think. Yes. But, <laughs> it was a very frustrating game. As, as per usual. No. Yes. So does does Mike Dunleavy come down and have Draymond Green's respect like that? Or do the wheels come off and now they lose that game and now they're in the play-in? You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that I think over the course of a season it would matter, but it's not I don't think it matters so much that if Bob Myers leaves and let's just I'm gonna stick with Mike Dunleavy taking over and Mike Dunleavy's in in that chair. I don't think the team looks dramatically different than it would have if Myers had stayed. But over the course of the season, as they go through the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs, how does the, how does how does that get managed from the front office side? See, that's the part I'm curious about. I'm curious if having another person in the head chair changes the way they approach the offseason. The one mm. thing I feel pretty confident about with Bob's a pretty pragmatic guy. Like yeah. the Warriors throughout this entire run, um, they haven't been the team to make a ton of panic trades. They actually make probably less transactions than most teams. Like how many trade deadlines have we've been through in the fan base is like frustrated that they're not pursuing X player or Y player. And like, you know, in 2022, when Wiseman was injured and he wasn't coming back, I remember a lot of people being really frustrated. It's like, they need another big, they need another big. And turns out they didn't. Turns out, what they had with Otto Porter, Draymond, Bielitsa, Looney was enough. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe Bob was right to be a little more, you know, pragmatic and not like giving away picks just to get someone and that sort of thing. Uh, but then you look at the following year where, again, they're going into the deadline needing a bunch of things. And mm-hmm. you see the Lakers who are still playing. They acquired four players at the deadline who changed their season. Meanwhile, yeah. the Warriors acquire GP2 and you know, unfortunately he was injured and I'm not going to put down anyone, but it was like we went and got the one guy who was here already last year, like not a real inspiring the guy who shouldn't have left tennis. Exactly, not a real inspiring movement. Hey, he started he started playoff games. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> um and so you, you know, you could you could play both sides of it. There's- and so so that's that's the part I wonder. Like, if you have a different person in there, are they making a few more moves and, and putting together a more complete roster? Um, or at least with offseason stuff. Or are they? If it's if it's Mike Dunleavy, we're going to stick here. If sure. it's Mike Dunleavy, is he going to be more hesitant to give up picks over the next three, four, or five years because he's looking long term at his job security? Sure. Where, hey, if this season doesn't work out and Clay leaves and then Draymond leaves and you have 36 year old Steph and, and nothing else, if you're a first time GM, you're going to want picks and you're going to want to try and do your own rebuild versus somebody like Bob Myers who's like, I'm trying to win titles with these guys who have already won titles with, throw caution to the wind, you know, trade as many picks as you need. Yeah. I mean, if I mean- it gets to that. It can it can get that way. So that that's another that's another part of it where where I'm curious about how the whole thing plays out. Like, I just kind of wish Bob would come out and say something. I know Give that's something, Bob. That's that's the part that's killing me. Like they're leaving us just to speculate. You know, just us talking heads going off here. Um. So the the other part is like we can we can talk like what if you have someone else in there? Will they draft the right player this year? Will they make this super 
cool trade that Bob never made. Like, you know, those, those are like the first things that come to my mind and like, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, <laughs> that's the type of thing you, you can like wax poetic about after the fact it's like they needed a new voice. Mike Dunleavy got on the phone with, with Steve Clifford and, and uh, Mitch Kupchak and talked them out of what they wanted and, you know, landed LaMelo ball in a trade or something, you know, like that sort of like thing. Or, or we're all just like, I can't believe he made that trade. Trade Jordan Poole for the worst player on earth, and now it's even a worse situation, you know? The, the career arc of Mike Dunleavy coming back to lead the Warriors front yes. office to extend the dynasty and win, like, multiple more titles with Steph would be unbelievable. Yeah, I need I it in my life. I need Warriors hero can Mike we, Dunleavy. Can we just discuss the fact that there's not a player I hated more? When no, I was that's younger a, than Mike Dunleavy. I have a Sean. I, I have a Sean. I wear a Sean Livingston jersey. It's one of my favorite possessions. Sure. But he's number thirty-four, same as Mike Dunleavy. And every time <laughs> I post a photo in it, Sheed from Warriors World quote tweets it and goes, "Mike Dunleavy with like a bunch of like puke face emojis." And I'm like, "No, man, it's not." He does it every time. So hero Mike Dunleavy to complete just that career arc and make it so that joke doesn't work anymore. <laughs> would be really helpful for me personally. <laughs> oh, I, I just remember Dunleavy. I was in high school when he was drafted and it was the Yao Ming draft. And Yao was um, not as hyped as uh, Wembenyama, but, but not far off. Mm -hmm. you know? say, pretty close. Yeah. And so, you know, the Warriors had the worst record. It's a good Yao. Everything's going to change. You know, of course they did not. They ended up with the third pick, and they get Mike Dunleavy Jr., who is, to be fair, a fine player, but not a franchise guy. And no. so all the frustrations the fan base had with the team sucking were aimed at Dunleavy Jr. It was like, eh, this guy, bum, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And then he talked back to the fans because at some point you get sick of the fact that, like, everyone's blaming you for the team sucking. And he's like, right. look at the organization, you know? Uh, and, right. and that never works. Yelling at the fans when the fan base hates everything about the team never works. Like, right. I don't want to make the A's thing, but just imagine Brent Rooker talking, telling you like, you know, hey, show John Fisher some respect. Not going to bring the best out of you, you know? That hypothetical <laughs> made my blood boil. I kind of yeah. hate Brent Rooker now. <laughs> I gotta, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to remember that's not real anyway <laughs> um and so like uh there's not a player i hated more than dunleavy and it's it's completely irrational like as an adult i can i can um admit my hate of dunleavy was basically the manifestation of my hate of ownership right right sure um and i think it's so fucking hilarious he might be the next gm so of all people, like if you told me, I was like, oh yeah, Jay Rich, Jason Richardson, GM, I'd be, I love it, you know? Yeah. But no, it's got to be the guy that just made my blood boil when I was like 16 or 17 years old. Would he be well received, do you think? I don't think so, actually. I think I, not any, because of who he was as a player, but because like Bob has a lot of respect and Bob walking away without people understanding why is going to make people just resentful of whoever the next guy is. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think I agree. Unless Bob comes out and, and says in a press conference, 
I'm stepping away. You know, the Warriors wanted me back, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go spend time with my family. It's been a long, you know, not, 12 it's years. It's not about the money, it's right, not about right. this. I just right. need a break. Then people will be like, All right, I get it. You know, yeah. it's not Mike didn't backstab you, it's just a thing that happened. But if we get if we get a Shams report that Bob Myers is done and that Mike Dunleavy Jr. is next in line and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Dunleavy Jr. has secretly been telling the Lakers all the mistakes Bob is making. Yeah, like that sort of thing. <laughs> Just uh, undercutting him. Yeah. That, yeah, I don't think that's what's going to happen. All right, so you mentioned it earlier, and this is the other, the the biggest thing for me. What does this mean for the core players? Um, Steph Curry, well, let's start with the guys who are actually uh, dealing with contract issues. So. Uh, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steve Kerr. Draymond obviously has an opt out now, uh, mm-hmm. but Clay and, and Steve Kerr are entering the last year of their contracts. So they're kind of lame ducks. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for them if Bob's out there? I think it makes it. I think it makes it harder to justify, maybe to themselves, like running it back. Because now Bob Myers isn't there. So now that's one piece of this core of people, players in front office and, and coaching staff included, that's now gone. And I think that's where you could kind of start to see the wheels come off a little bit. Do you think... So So I'm, I'm going to push back on you a little bit here. Do you think it's because Bob's not there? Or do you think it's because... How do I put this? Bob's the most likely guy to convince ownership we should run it back. They have another one in them. Yeah, that's what Bob leaving to me would be an admission of like, okay, this is done. Mm. Maybe not an admission, but I think it would put that thought out there. It would. And it's definitely like the, the vibe I get from the players. It's not even a vibe. They say it out loud all the time. We trust Bob. Right. Right. Draymond Draymond's trying to get an extension done and like let's be honest about it it's pretty hard to figure out what the correct number for Draymond is because mm-hmm. he has a bunch of positive qualities but his negative qualities continue to rise mm-hmm. and you know he's 33 years old and you just one has to wonder how many years can he continue to be an impact player given his size and everything right sure. um the question becomes you know part of the reason he feels confident on extension is he has a 10 year relationship with Bob Myers. So there's a level of trust, right? Like I trust Bob. If Bob's telling me I can't get more than this, I take his word at it. If new guy, Mike Dunleavy is telling me this, do I trust him or do I feel like he's just trying to screw me over? You know, like those are the sort of things that I I think matter. I think that exact same thing goes for clay too. Yeah. Clay's going to walk in wanting a max extension, and I could see why the Warriors wouldn't want to give him that. And if it's Mike Dunleavy Jr. or Kirk Lacob or or somebody <laughs> else going like Clay, you're not like no. I I could I could see that being a significant problem. Like it's going to be an issue either way. I don't think Clay's going to just happily accept something less than the max. But I would I would trust Bob Myers more than anyone else on the planet to navigate that. Yeah. Particularly with like guys, like, 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 let's be honest. Um, those guys are proud. And I think yes. the, the thing that stu- the, the thing that stood out to me this year was like the, the supporting cast wasn't what you'd expect. And 
they knew it and the vibes were kind of uncomfortable for a lot of the year, but there's a lot of pride with those guys with like, guys, we've done this. Like, I I'm not going to just bend over or like roll over whatever the expression is type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, th- yeah, they're, they're longtime champions. There's a lot of pride there. And there's mm-hmm. a level of like, can the next guy massage their ego and, and get them to buy in and trust, or are they going to be like, Oh, Bob's gone. Like this isn't the the warriors I knew type of thing. Yeah. For so long, they've all been kind of rowing in the same direction for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And now you have a new guy leading that, leading that charge. Who's going to want to go in his own direction. I know it's a collaborative effort, but new GM a is not going to have necessarily the same, thoughts and goals and opinions as as Bob Myers. And so now all of a sudden they've gone from all rowing in the same direction and all trying to win titles and all being on the same page of what they need and what they don't need, et cetera, et cetera, to hey, now here's new GM A. And he's gonna put his thoughts into this and start working towards his goals. And I like I said, if you're a new GM and you're with this Warriors team, are you looking at it as hey, here's my shot to be a general manager. And I can try and get Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green another ring by trading all these picks and trading these young assets like Jordan Poole and and Jonathan Gaminga and 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 Moses Moody. I almost said James Wiseman, but um, you're going to trade those young assets and all your picks to try and win a title in the next couple of years, and then screw yourself for the next five. Or are you going to look more long term and start building out a team with a five year window in mind? And how does that jive with with your your core players it probably doesn't so that would and i can't imagine joe lincoln would hire somebody who wasn't on that wavelength of competing with with their with their current core but i don't know it's tough. so here's my thing it's mostly that steph is still playing at this level which makes me like you have to nail this and we don't get like three years to figure it out that's that's right. the tough part. And so I guess my question for you, let's let's end on this one. If Bob Myers walks away, how much do you trust ownership to get this right? Um, get it right means we have what? Maybe three more years of Steph playing at this level? Three would be amazing given his age. Like he's already exceeded gravity. How many more like get it right means they're back in contention next year as opposed to Gosh. it's over. How much faith do you have in Joe Lacob getting it right? Because he clearly doesn't want to lose Bob Myers based upon everything. And so if he loses him, you gotta have your pivot. Yeah, man. I I have I have a really hard time saying they'll for sure nail it. I would not be super confident. And I I think that stems a little bit from the Wiseman pick and Kaminga and Moody. And I know some of that's on, on Kerr and, and their, their minutes and such. I mean, some of that's on Bob, in my opinion, like you're the one who still, you picked them. You can say ownership made you pick them, but you picked them. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Joe Lacob and Warriors ownership looks at this the same because for me personally, I, Kyle Madsen, I think you're probably on the on the same page here. But for me, it's like sell out to get Steph another title, yes, or two, like that. I don't care about what happens in 2030. Like 
figure it out we've, for this year. We've, and we've I don't think all, Lakeham views it that way. It's to be determined. Um, yeah, I, I, he definitely didn't view this year. He thought he could have his cake and eat it too, or whatever right. expression is. I think the reality is you watch enough NBA, you understand only five or six teams have a chance to win a title. They tend to have the five or six best players. Mm-hmm. Once every 20 years, you get one of those like teams where they don't have a superstar winning, but almost mm-hmm. always the champion has one of the five or six superstars. And Steph's still one of those guys. Yeah. And if you have one of those guys, you have to go all in. I and agree. It's really not that much more complicated than that. No, I'm totally um, with you. I just don't know. Again, like I, I, so for ownership to get that right, I'm not super com. I'm not super confident because I don't know if they view it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's to be seen. Honestly, like right. that's the. If I told you, in the preseason, we'd be dealing with Bob Myers drama in the springtime. Where would you have had that on the list of potential issues for this team? Like way down, like not even close. Yeah. If I told you Draymond punched somebody, be like, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if, if I told you, you know, um, some of the young players didn't pan out, you'd be like, yeah, I could see it. That happens. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what to do with the salary cap. Yep. Saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Clay extension. Yep, saw that coming. But Bob Myers, of all people, like Mr. Like Quiet Sage, like just does his job. Like, I wouldn't have seen that coming. And no. and that's kind of what makes the whole thing um, weird, you know? Like, I, right. I don't even know the right word. I don't even know the right word to go for it. Like, I don't want to say I'm like, 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 drama or scared or anything but it's just like i don't know how to react to the one dude who's been out of the limelight now being the center of all attention it's the same it's it's i i feel this i feel the way about this bob meyer stuff the same way i felt in like the 2019 wildcard game when the A's <laughs> played the rays and it was like like a four one game or or something like it was not like they were getting blown out, but by the fourth inning, it was like, this game is over. Like, and there's nothing I can like, of course they could conceivably make a comeback and, and win this but game, they won't. but they won't. Right. You just kind of know. And that's how I feel about this. Like we're just watching this happen. And the longer this goes, the less confident I am that anything's going to get done. And it just feels like we're on a crash course to, some kind of divorce. Yeah, that's, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be super cynical, but that's kind of how it feels to me too. Um, I guess we're just have to see how it plays out. Like it's kind of sucks. It does. I mean, here's, here's what sucks for me more than anything. I like, I just get to a decision and let's keep moving. If Bob wants to walk away, like it's not going to change his legacy. He's still the greatest GM I've, I've seen in Bay area sports. Yeah. Uh, his results speak for themselves. You want to complain about picks and that sort of stuff like fair before rings is four rings, particularly since you did it with three different small forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he acquired Andre Godala. He drafted Barnes and Draymond. He found a way to get Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant left, he found a way to leverage that into D'Angelo Russell, which eventually got you Andrew Wiggins at the starting small forward for the next one. You know, it, 
the proof was in the pudding. They won their four, you know, like those are real things that happened. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if this is the end of the Bob tenure, then, you know, he's going to have his place on, you know, in barrier fans hearts. Uh, but I'm, but I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And if not, if he wants to come back, that's cool too. Honestly, that's really cool too. But like sitting here and, you know, you and I just discussing this in a, um, having no feel for it type of thing. Like it's, it's just a, a level of limbo. That's kind of boring. And so I think, I think the one thing for me, cause I think you're right. Like ultimately if they have a new GM, I don't think the off season looks that much different than it, than it would have if, if Bob had stayed. But I think for me personally, it's just a tangible um, event of mm. this whole run coming to an end. It and does it, feel like the end of an era. If you yeah, and, yeah, and you felt that way during the regular season when it was like, man, they, this just you know isn't there. And then you saw it against the Kings a little bit where okay, they turned the switch on a little bit, but it's not all the way there. Like they, they had to go to seven with the Kings. And then in the Lakers series, it was just, oh, this team's not good enough. Yeah. And they can't reach that level that they used to be able to reach. And so that was part of it. But again, I can talk myself into, okay, they retool, they can make a run next year. I can talk myself into that. But if Bob Myers leaves, that is, oh, that's one piece gone. And pieces two and three and so on are, are coming in the very, very near future. And I think that's the reason that this hits me in, in any kind of real way. Well, um, Kyle, I appreciate you. I think yeah. we're, I don't know, man. I, I wish I could walk away with some sort of revelation in terms of how I feel about it, but it's like, I think we should have to see how it plays out. And yeah. we'll leave it there. Yeah, man. Yeah.